Hello and All welcome right. to House of Decline. It's a Batman oh. episode, and that voice you hear is Cole. Yes. Uh, you might also know me from Twitter as at uh, Java underscore Jiga, uh, or that annoying person that won't shut up about comic books at 3 a.m. <laughs> you got ideas. You got ideas yeah. that need explaining. And, yeah, uh, it, doesn't, it doesn't help that the, the medium is in an all-time decline. It's probably <laughs> in the worst state it's ever been. Um, not for any one reason. It's just, it's just you know, we're, t- we're taking a big L. Yeah, I will print media in general. It's hard for oh, physical yeah. copies of stuff. Or it's hard for mass physical copies of stuff. I've noticed. Oh, 100%. Yeah. Or manga's still doing pretty well. The manga still manga's doing good. Um, they, I think, according to a chart that I've seen, they're outselling comics like three to one, mm-hmm. uh, which is that's like the worst it's ever been. Um, <laughs> I think uh, One Piece is on track to sell more copies of Superman ever. And I think Super Superman is the the high the longest running or I guess most sold comic book ever, followed closely by Batman and Spider Man. Yeah, and it also uh, has like ninety years on on yeah. One Piece as well. So I mean, it speaks which is to, crazy. It speaks to Oda's vision. I mean, I could do a whole One yeah. Piece episode, but no, we're here to talk about Batman. We're talking about comic books. Talk yes. about comic books and the Bat. I just saw the Batman. And I think it's... I have also seen the Batman. My, f- I, I will go on to say it is probably my favorite live-action Batman adaptation ever. Yes, I, I agree with you. I think that the Burton movies are great. Yes. Um, they, they just narrowly miss the characterization in favor of stylization. There. Yes, I agree. It's The Burton movies are all about creating that sort of cartoonish, larger-than-life sort of Disney gothic atmosphere that Tim Burton is so good at doing. Mm-hmm. And when he was still, you know, cranking out the hits in his in his heyday. Um, hey, what's he even doing now? I don't... Where, like, is he still doing Alice in Wonderland? He's still doing movies. Uh, I, I, he did Miss Peregrine's Home for, for Peculiar ah, Children and Dark Shadows. That was a while ago, though. Uh, I forget what his most recent one was. Oh, Dumbo. He did the Dumbo movie for Disney. Oh, that's that's right. He is. He's still with Disney. Wow. Yeah. I mean, he always was with Disney. That's what people forget about Burton. Yeah. Is his training initially was as uh, as a Disney animator. That's, that's crazy. That's what he was. And I think that even though his his movies are macabre, there is that sort of big eyed sensibility to them. Yeah, there's a lot of a lot of wonderment in yeah. this movie. Even with the Batman movies, where you know you'll have a, a, a non-Batman character see the Batcave for the first time, mm-hmm. and it's almost like they're you know been transported to Wonderland. Mm-hmm. And it's it's that wonder which sort of that's 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 cool, but it's not quite what the yeah. Batman is about. And Christopher Nolan Batman, though that's you know uh, Christopher Nolan's particular obsessions, uh, and they're mm-hmm. also very law and order movies, which can be yeah. uh, kind of a turnoff for some people because the Batman uh, isn't law and order; he's a weird vigilante. Not really? Yeah. yeah. Um, I think that's what the movie, this movie does great. Is like everyone fucking hates Batman in this movie. Yeah, yeah. There's, the, I mean, I love it. There's one scene where he's just being chased by hundreds of Keystone cops, and he has to. Oh man, I love that. That scene, thing. that scene was so cool. Yeah. They're just, and they're they're all terrible at their job, which <laughs> I think is is great about because the Nolan films, like the cops, 
it's the he's not really fair to the cops. Like the they'll ha- he'll have these like NYPD guys or whatever mm-hmm. just get wetted up with machine guns and rocket launchers, and it's like that's not really fair to them. But here they're legitimately bad at their job. They're they're shooting down blind hallways and uh, <laughs> while yeah. running. Yeah, it was it was great. Half uh, they're, of them they're all they're, they're on the take. Yeah. Half of them are on the take. You know. They're yeah. They're all insanely corrupt. Um, a couple of them are, or actually, no, that's the DA. A couple of them are just like drug addicts, like just yeah. not even like on the on the slide. They're just like going to the club and doing whatever that drop shit yeah. is. Or there's like that one uh, venal cop Martinez. You know, he hates the yeah. bad at first, but he's all buddy buddy when he's Bruce Wayne. I, you know? <laughs> I think I liked him more than. Gordon, especially because he gets he gets that great scene at the end where he's just like, yeah, my co- my cousin does fucking carpets, man. Like I know this shit. Yeah. Oh my god. Yeah. It's it, you get an evolution of that character of that dumb cop character, but I think that's you know that's sort of emblematic in a way. Batman is still a hero. You're still trying to make him a yeah. hero, and the point is that he makes people around him better because he yes. he shines a light. The like the denouement of the movie, which I fucking love. Because movie, it's been a common criticism of superhero, of cape shit, as you call it. The cops cops are coming. coming, The cops are coming for me. Uh, A common criticism of cape shit is that you always see the superheroes doing, like, tons of violence to bad guys, but you never see them rescuing anybody. And this movie culminates to, like, a beautiful scene where the Giacchino score is swelling and, you know, he holds out his hand to a kid, which represents his lost innocence. That was such a... Like, that was such a good... uh, There are people, and I I do sort of agree with that the third act is the weakest part. Yeah. But there are still some fucking beautiful shots in that. When when it's all red and it's just entirely lit by the flare, Uh, and everyone's putting their hands on him like he's fucking Jesus, and they're walking through, it's like... That made the arguably weakest fight scene worth it. Oh yeah, and there are some good fight scenes in this movie too. Oh my god! This, when I, he throws the bat at Kensing, oh my god! It's been ten fucking years of Batman movies, and they finally figured out. Oh, we should just copy the Arkham games. Like we should just make them look like the <laughs> Arkham games when they're fighting. Um, they also have, and so the high watermark of action cinema. I think it's a pretty, it's a pretty standard. Uh, opinion to say that uh, Hong Kong kung fu movies, like Jackie Chan oh, movies, yeah. are like the best filmed action ever committed to a cellular. Mm-hmm. And part of that is because they interact with the environment a lot, and like shots oh, yeah. are really steady, and the camera's not whipping around a lot. And they do that for the fight scenes in this movie, and I think that's uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> this movie knows when to hold a fucking shot. Like I. One thing that I hate about the Disney movies is that the camera's always moving when it doesn't need to. Yeah, yeah. They never just let it let a shot. Even even when they're doing like a tight zoom, the camera's still moving around laterally and it's like stop fucking moving the camera. Yeah. It's that sort of Paul Greengrass born born identity yeah. style of uh action filmmaking where you sort of make up for not really seeing the hits by having very intense sound editing of like the psh- but that's what I like oh, about yeah. this movie is like the punch sounds sound like punches. They don't. Or they're not like. Psh, they're like. There is some they, meaty thwacks, and the, yeah. there are a couple moments where, like, with in combination with the sound and what was happening on the screen, there are a couple moments where I like I like flinched. Like when he 
there's there's a, a particular moment that is sort of stuck in my head because Batman fucks this guy up yeah. when he takes the the sniper rifle and just whips him with the butt of the gun. <laughs> yeah, it's great. You, you, oh man, you really and for a PG thirteen movie with like no blood in it, it's a, yeah. it's very impressive that they managed to convey this level of violence. Sorry. Uh, so yeah. Uh, fucking, man, so, so many fight scenes. When he goes into the club the first time and he throws the bat at that guy and he's Batman. Oh, yeah. There's so many fucking puns in this movie. There's so many bat puns in this movie. I love it. Um, It it is, we were talking about this off, off the pod, but it is like a 1960s episode where he's basically just like wading through endless henchmen that are all doing fucking, they're trying to do bits at him. Yeah, yeah. And... Yeah, I think what we were also talking about was this is tonally, more than the uh, Tim Burton movies or the Nolan movies, Mm -hmm. this owes a debt to the 1960s show in terms of balancing that goofiness with that straight-faced attitude. You know, because the thing about Adam West in the 60s show is he's always, he's serious. He's always totally serious. And that's what sells the joke. You know, that's... He never never breaks character. Mm Mm-hmm. And I and, think, and neither does Bruce. Yeah, yeah. In this one, yeah. <laughs> or, or I'm sorry, uh, fucking Robert Pattinson. Yeah, yeah. Robert Pattinson. No, yeah. He's always, uh, but he's Bruce now. Now he's Bruce. Yes. He he has overcome his uh, Edward Cullen. He has overcome that Batman to become this yeah. Batman. And he was phenomenal. I think he might be my favorite Batman. Oh yeah. With like, not mean, only is this my favorite Batman movie, but I think this might be also my, like just hands down. Probably tied with Kevin Conroy and Adam West for, like, the top three. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Well, yeah, Batman live action has always been... Usually he's been miscast for some reason. Like, Christian Bale mm-hmm. overdoes it. Every, Where is he? Like, everyone yeah. rolls their eyes at that now. Uh, I love that he, he sort of overshot with his his, his eating disorder that he, he has. <laughs> and he, like, by the third movie, he's just fucked up. Like, they had to just make a plot where it's like, yeah, his his knee is gone. He's like, he looks like he fucking was on like a hunger strike in between these movies. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> fucking Christian Bale. That guy's, he's a weird guy, it seems like. He is. Seems like he goes to a lot of extremes. Uh, but, you know, I, uh, what is, to speaking of like weird body modification, what did you think of the Colin Farrell thing of him as the penguin and the makeup? Oh my God, I loved, I, I you know, I can hear an argument about like okay they're they're taking away the penguin an important fat guy role yeah. from fat guys and I, <laughs> yeah. I to a certain extent I agree with that however Colin Farrell is probably one of I I haven't seen Batman Returns in a while so maybe Danny DeVito still kills it he's um, no he is really but, good in that movie but yeah, yeah. Uh, but uh, he puts in Farrell puts in work here um, there's some nice little touches I'm glad that they let him be a grimy piece of shit in this movie. I wish they let him keep the cigar, um, but that's ah, PG-13. What can you do? Yeah. I'm sure I'll have it for the HBO Max show. <laughs> um, yeah, fucking, the, he's really good as the pink, and the makeup is astonishingly oh great. Oh, my God. You you don't even know. I showed I showed my partner a picture of the... of. The Penguin. Yeah. And I was like, do you recognize this guy? Because we'd just seen Miami Vice 2006, uh, like, a few weeks before. Yo, that and I'm like, that is the... Fucking rules. <laughs> it, it rocks, yeah. yeah. Uh, I was like, have you seen this guy before? 
And she's like, or they're like, nah, I have not. And I'm like, that's the guy from Miami Vice 2006 in like incredible amounts of fat makeup. And they were like, I have no idea. I had no idea. He's a he's a fucking really good actor. Like, uh, it, yeah, and it, the least annoying method actor ever. <laughs> well, he's also like you see an interview with him and is like, oh, he's, he's a charming Irish bastard. He's got yeah. it. He's got that thing. Um, and it's funny that people hated him because he was just taking bad roles for a while. Uh, like, mm-hmm. uh, like in his Total Recall phase, you know, I think that was the movie. I, I still have not have not seen that. Is uh, that any good? Is no, that I haven't watching? seen it either. I, I have no, I have no formal. I, I, I do not have any desire to see the remake of a perfect movie uh, to make it less perfect. <laughs> yeah, I, I agree with that. I love him in. I love him in True Detective. He's he's probably the best part of that season. Yo, fucking beating up that bully, like really intimidating. I love that scene. Uh, yo, I love that he gets he gets introduced and he, isn't he like stalking his ex or some yeah, shit when he's, he's being a, introduced? Yeah, I I is or is the first scene of him saying like, yes, my my wife was raped and my son might be a result. Oh, of that. yes, that that is the introduction. And then the, the next time we see him, he's just like. Fucking driving by his ex's house, you know, lights off. <laughs> yeah, he's he's so fucked up in that show. He's so fucking. I love yeah. how fucked up he is in that show. I'm. I mean, I'm he's a big great. season two of True Detective booster. I think it is secretly very. I, good. I agree. I love it. I love the ending to it. It's great. Yeah. Um. So, yeah. This this Batman too. Like other memorable fight scenes. I'm trying to think of like that one in the hallway where it's illuminated just by gunfire. Beautiful. Mm-hmm. Beautiful. And, to be fair, they did sort of take that from Batman vs. Superman, but they do it better here. I'm, like, I won't lie, they do it better here. The the scene of, of where you first see Ben Affleck Batman for the first time and he's illuminated by the shotgun blast is cool, but just with the bat suit and the bullets bouncing off the bat suit, it looks better. It's very funny to me that in the advertising and in like the trailers, they were advertising this. This is a red movie. This movie is going to be all about yes. red, which is interesting because most of the color palette movie is the classic Batman colors of black and yellow, which I thought was very. Yeah, funny. it is a very yellow movie yeah. as well. And, and to its benefit, I mean, because it, it, when it does use the red, it's great. Yeah. And it really sticks out on your mind. Mm-hmm. Um yeah, just a just a fantastic use of color. I love especially that they, for the first time ever since the Tim Burton Batman movies, they have not just made Gotham City New York City, but at night. Yeah, <laughs> it, it, it looks like a, York, it looks yeah. like a shithole. Uh, and yeah, I used to live under the, the J train, so yeah, they perfectly captured that. It is it is so great. It look it looks I love the, 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 the little aspects of different cities you take where it's got a very like Chicago style elevated train going above everything. Mm-hmm. And then it's got like, you know, almost like a Times Square, but then it's also got these like underground subways and all these different aspects that you usually see in a movie that's stuck to one city and they finally figured like, Oh, let's just rip off like thirty different cities. You know, they got like uh, a lot of a lot of Pittsburgh with like the big smokestacks mm-hmm. and the the warehouses on the edge of town. And absolutely, that see this goes to the core of what I think. Batman, yes, it is about a fucked up guy and it's about vengeance. But mostly, what I think Batman is about is about having to live on cursed land. 
Yeah. And that, because that's what America is, right? You know, America is just slaughter and slavery and evil, and that's what it was built upon. And, like, Gotham is this amalgamation of all of that. It is this, like, dense ball of evil uh, at the core of our sort of, uh, it's urban blight representing the industrialization of, of this land. And, you know, the fact that it's named Arkham, there's this supernatural element to mm-hmm. to Gotham City, which brings everyone down with it. It's what I'm glad that they only showed evil. Arkham from the inside in this movie. I like that they're say they're like, all right, well, we you got like you know you got the police station, you got the Wayne Tower, you got the old Wayne Manor that I'm assuming will come back at some point. Mm-hmm. You know, you got your your proto Bat Cave, but it's like we're gonna save some some architecture for later. Yeah, get a weird building. Get get. Uh... Get the, I don't know, what would be, uh, Woodhull, Woodhull Medical Facility would be, I always thought would be a great Arkham Asylum. That's the, when I lived in New York for one year, that was the hospital I lived across, and it is one of the most evil buildings I have ever seen. Like, it fills me with dread. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, there's there's some uncomfortable ass, like, old dilapidated medical buildings in this movie. Like, when they go to the orphanage mm-hmm. and it's all this, like, this just this piss yellow tile and it's dark. I was like, this is low-key scary. Yeah. Like, and it really just sort of underscores how, how like, it's funny that we thought, oh, the Nolan movies are dark and gritty. But, the, no, this is uh, a very clean Gotham. It's just Chicago. Gotham like, is just Chicago. Next, yeah. Next to none of this movie takes place during the day, which rocks. Yes. It's always either at sunset, in the middle of the night, or towards the end you get the sunrise scene, which I think is great. Yeah, or it's in, like, indoors and, like, the light is meted out some way. Um, yes. The fucking, uh, the score to this movie is oh, really, man. Giacchino knocks it out of the park. So and uh, Which is, is, he's been phoning it in for a while. Like... But I don't like his Doctor Strange score. I don't like his Star Trek score. But this, oh my god, he, he really can because it's all based on two light motifs. And when they saw something in the way in the trailer, I was like, okay, they're using this license song. No, something in the way is the new Batman theme song. <laughs> and yeah. it's the dun 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 dun. And it's dun, also dun, dun, dun. great. Theme. And I don't know if I'm insane here, but I feel like. Some of it is, and I, I don't know how I would be able to prove this because I know next to nothing about audio engineering, but I feel like to a certain extent that that guitar is the same chord progression as the guitar in the Batman 66 theme as well. It's slowed down. Uh, the chord progression goes from a root one to a flat six. So okay. it would be uh, the thing, the, the interval you're looking for would be uh, Holy Diver by Ronnie James Dio. Dun, da, da, dun, okay. da, dun, dun, dun. No, wait, that's not the one. Dun, 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 dun. I can't. It's it's sim. It's more similar. It's similar, yeah. To well, the chord progression for the '60s Batman is uh, one four five. Dun, 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 dun. It's a blues composed by our old blues jazz champion Neil Hefty. Uh, I love that theme song, but. Um, and that's based off of more that's a chromatic tritone going down and up uh, na, 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 na. 
No, 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 no. What that reminds me of, there's this episode of Frasier where Daphne mm-hmm. is saying, oh, I, I used to live above a band in Manchester, and they'd play the same thing over and over. <laughs> Flesh is burning, da-da-da-da-da-da. Flesh is burning, da-da-da-da-da-da. And that, that's what it reminded me of. But, um, uh, no, it's something in the way. And then the Riddler's theme is Ave Maria, <laughs> which is... It's, yes, and there's a... I think there is a version of the theme that they released on Spotify that's like the two songs mixed or something. Yeah, that fucking rules. That's yeah. such a good idea. And the themes develop throughout the movie. Like uh, like Ave oh, Maria yeah. is like recontextualized harmonically to, to fit scenes. And it's very funny how much like uh, uh, like was Krista before There Will Be Blood do you think Kristoff uh, Penderecki was used that much or like influenced that much film music? I don't know. I, I, I'm not very very certain. I have next to no musical background whatsoever, so uh, that's probably way out of my <laughs> yeah. area of expertise. Just, just give a, just, then, just say just say sure. Just agree with me. <laughs> yeah, I'll agree with you. Fuck it. Yeah. <laughs> no, I, I don't know, but yeah, uh, there's lots of. Um, so you know, you know, Kristoff uh, Penderecki, Threnody for the victims yes. of Hiroshima. Me. Lots of strings dissonantly going together got really popular because Johnny Greenwood basically ripped it off for There Will Be Blood. And then (laughs) it got featured again uh, famously in the episode eight of Twin Peaks The Return. And it's it's had like this constantly recurrent because like a lot of the there's a lot of dissonant string stabs in this movie, which are great Uh and feel like directly influenced by the by like the intro sting string stab to uh, Threnody to the victims of Hiroshima. So just just some music, just a little music things. I see. Yeah, no, that, that makes a lot of sense, actually. Um, I mean, I, I don't know a lot about it, but I'm picking up what you're putting down. I do remember... Uh, that song from the end of Twin Peaks, and I did I did notice a lot of like errant strings in in this movie as well. Oh yeah, which were were great. I love when yeah this movie this like this movie's never very loud for most of it. Mm-hmm. It really lets the music breathe. It's not uh, like a, a Marvel movie or even uh, one of the Zack Snyder DC movies. As much as I like him, where the score is like la- constantly loud and in your face, it lets it build and and build very slowly into a a satisfying and very very like fucking hype to listen to mm-hmm. uh conclusion well because it's just catchy too like first and yeah. i know it because it's like uh, what was the wonder woman theme that's fucking sucked that was like <laughs> yeah <laughs> it's like it's cool the first time you heard it but then it's like that they really only had that one 10 second snippet yeah the, the rest of the theme is completely nonsensical yeah which sucks because i do like the the superman song that they came up with for man of steel i think that's like the probably the best part of the movie is Mm. that very slow build with Mm -hmm. the flying scene yes um very whimsical It, it was it was a very nice choice for for superman and then like I don't remember anything about the batman theme that they used i think they literally just used the danny elfman one yeah. and the whedon cut um the the cursed yeah. the cursed whedon cut oh man that shit was bad i saw that on my 18th birthday <laughs> uh, <laughs> what a what a, you're a man now time to see the yeah. whedon cut 
I saw that shit in theaters uh, at this very nice theater on my 18th birthday with a friend of mine, and we were both like, fuck this movie, man. <laughs> Uh, I really like the cultural rehabilitation of Zack Snyder. I do too. I, and I was actually, uh, and I, I, I'm not afraid to say this, I was against the cultural rehabilitation of Zack Snyder initially. Yeah, me too, yeah. I Yeah, I was definitely in the camp of like, oh, he's just like a, you know, bargain bin conservative. Yeah, 300 seems so like, obviously fast, yeah. you know, that I was like, no, no. But then it turns out, no, he's not fast, he's just dumb and he likes cool stuff. Yeah. And then I was like, oh. He's a, he's a cool guy, yeah. Yeah, he, seem, he seems neat. And he genuinely believes in Jesus. And it's. I was I was also a Snyder Cut hater initially. Interesting. Interesting. I, in fact, I, there might still be tweets on this account that. Because I don't rem- I think it, I've had this account since, like, the cut was first. Now, there might be tweets. I'm like, this is stupid. They're wasting his money. It's not going to be good. Mm-hmm. It's going to be a bloated mess. And then initially, I started to come around with it. I was like, it's kind of funny that he's wasting all this money. And then I actually saw the movie, and I was like, this rocks. I fucking love this shit. Yeah. Uh, he he had it, and WB is, seems like it's turning his yeah. back on him, which is weird, because he's like... No, it's it's very strange, because they, they essentially let that movie die on the on the vine. Mm-hmm. Like, it, it got next to no promotion whatsoever. I saw one trailer for it. It was shown in maybe four, four IMAX theaters across the country. Um, it took him like a year to do a physical release of it. Um, yeah, it just, and now it's like in the $5 bin at my Walmart and it's like, oh man, like, yeah. I mean, it even, you, know, you tried. Yeah. It, it, what can you do? I, I've reevaluated him and I've even come to think of his Watchmen as like, even though it's like, it's not like super deep or anything, just adapting no. something that unruly into something that watchable is pretty impressive to me. Yeah, and he did a, a very decent job at preserving some of the the physical symbolism that's on display mm-hmm. in the comic. Mm-hmm. Like, And you don't really see that a lot with other movies where they'll they'll completely recontext they'll like they'll homage a scene from a comic they do it a lot with spider-man where they have him lift that big fucking machine mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, and they'll, they'll completely ignore the context of the scene or why it was so important um and i think that just simply preserving and doing like a shot for shot uh remake of a comic is, mm-hmm. is important mm-hmm. i i think i i agree with that I, what I also like about Snyder is a quality that this movie shares is that it's not embarrassed to be a comic book movie like the Marvel not movies are. Like the Marvel movies are always winking at you and they're like, even from day one from X-Men, it's like, oh, what did you expect? Yellow spandex. And then it carries over yeah. into like, I remember the line in Avengers Age of Ultron. Look, I'm shooting a bow and arrow. We're on a floating island. None of this makes any sense. Winking at the audience. And I'm like, who do? Yeah. yeah, I know. I know. Shut up. Yeah, I'm not stupid. It's like if like, wrestling was I, I bought the you. ticket. Yeah, if, if, if yeah. like wrestling was saying, this is all fake, you guys. I just did a fake suplex right now. It's like, no, cares. Yeah. Uh, I don't need to be. I don't need to be told that I'm a little baby for liking this during the movie. Yeah, I know that I'm a little baby. Yeah. I bought yeah. the ticket to go see Batman. Exactly. Like, and this movie starts with the pretext that yes, you are a little baby. You came here to see a Batman movie. We're going to give you a good Batman movie. Mm-hmm. Um, now, if they can only figure out how to do this with a character that isn't Batman, <laughs> I think if DC pulls that off, we're we're saved. Everything is good. The key to it, I think. And what I said, if I were the head of uh, DC at WB, 
Um, yes. I would say, look at our successes. What what are the what have they had in common? They've been showcases for that particular director. Aquaman was a great showcase for James Wan. Uh, mm-hmm. Joker was a great showcase for uh, Todd. What's his name? Uh, Todd Phillips. Todd Phillips. And, you know, yeah. they've and Matt Reeves, you know, even though he doesn't have like a very distinctive style, this has way more personality than, say, even. Yeah, even... I'm going to have to go back to his movies because I don't think I've seen anything by him. I have never seen the Planet of the Apes. Oh, they're films. good. But they don't they don't like okay. really smack of like this very instantly recognizable or tourist style. What? Yeah, he I is... hope he gets to make more shit like Batman. Yeah. You know, he's exceedingly competent. That. That's sort of his like quality okay. is that and he's like made exceedingly competent he like he made clover i don't know what your opinion on cloverfield is that i've never seen it it's uh it has tj miller in it tj miller's a big part of it <laughs> uh i i think i i i want to go back and rewatch those like golden era found footage movies but the problem is like i've seen so many of the shitty ones mm-hmm. that I think that I'm sort of predisposed to not liking them, but I do want to at least see that and Blair, the original Blair Witch, because I've never seen either. Original Blair Witch is great. I I yeah. I am a huge because what it's about le- less than anything supernatural. It's just about getting lost in the woods and how fucked up that is uh, at the end of the yeah. day. Yeah, and it feels it's, very um, real as a result of that because everyone you've all legitimately unsettling. Yeah, uh, fucking. Man, this Batman movie. Uh, is there more? Is there more praise that I can heap on it? Uh, um, I wish they didn't. Catwoman's the really Joker. hot. Cat- oh man, Zoe yeah. Kravitz. That's, if I had to cut one scene, it would be that that scene. It just doesn't need to like either do save it for like an an end credits or something because I think that's what the end credits should be for. If you have to do them, yeah, is like an epilogue. Yeah. That, Maybe hints at something coming. Now, now they're just you know advertisements for the next movie. But you know, comic books used to have epilogues and teasers in them. So yeah, I think you can you can like include that I, in there. I just yeah. wish it wasn't the Joker so soon. I wish they were like hold him hold yeah. off on him for like a couple more movies because yeah, we've just had a lot of there's there's too many Jokers. I I agree. And too many I, too many good Jokers too. Like. Yeah. The reason why you can keep doing Batman again is because Keaton Batman, you know, who's fine, not that great. Clooney Batman was was bad. Kilmer Batman was, wasn't that great. You know, uh, uh, Bale Batman. So there was room to have like a really good depiction of Batman left. But we've had Ledger. We've had Nicholson. We've had Phoenix. Uh-huh. You know, we've had at least three excellent Joker performances in, yeah. in uh, recent superhero memory. So it's like... Do we have to and keep it, doing you it? You really don't need. Yeah, I would. I would be fine if DC was like just in general, not even just for the movies. Was like we're gonna take a ten year lap on Joker, you know? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Just no, no Joker movies, TV shows, comics. I'll be fine. Like that would probably make Batman comics at least ten percent better than they already are. Like I don't understand why you wouldn't just like why not adapt Hush. You know, why not just do a, a Hush movie? I had a, a friend that was talking to me, and he was like, it would be so sick to do a Hush movie. Even though I'm not... I, don't, I think Hush is okay as a comic, mm-hmm. but the story potential of having Robert Pattinson act against himself... Oh, yeah. ...is incredible. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, you can you can let that guy... I mean, uh, I love Robert Pattinson in this movie, but... So, in other depictions of Batman, like... 
they'll really uh, play up the idea that Bruce Wayne is a part that Batman is playing, so he'll mm-hmm. intentionally be a doofus. And he'll be like weird and say, like in the cartoon, they show, oh, I'm Bruce Wayne, you know, I'm just, <laughs> yeah. I, you know. Uh, in the cartoon, he's just gay. <laughs> yeah, in the cartoon, he's just a big gay guy. Uh, and uh, fucking, in this movie, he's still he's still emo guy. <laughs> There's, he, doesn't, yeah. he doesn't really it's change it up that It's sort of just the much. leftovers yeah. of, of what Batman is. Yeah. And I think that that's great. And then like, you know, you get sort of the, the tease at the end that's like, okay, maybe there is more more here and i love that that's the the direction that they're going with where they're sort of building up a divide between batman and uh bruce wayne that i don't think we've ever really gotten to see before on Mm -hmm. film um especially not to like that degree where it's like it should be two separate performances but there should be some sort of commonality between the two that there almost never is Mm -hmm. uh uh, fucking Andy Serkis didn't really get a lot to do as Alfred, which is maybe one one criticism I have with the film is I thought that relationship could have been expanded. I agree. Um, but I hope that that's something that they pick up on the sequel is just just give me more more shit of Batman hanging out with people, you know? Yeah. Although he does have a lot of friends in this movie. I like how, like, Batman... Quite a bit. You think of him as this solitary guy, but no, nah, he's got his... He's got Gordon, ah. he's got Catwoman, he's hanging out. He loves Catwoman. That's what I what I love about the Morrison run is that it's always it's all building towards the reveal that like yeah Batman's never really been like a solo guy. Yeah. But I think that's also the gag of the movie. The point of the movie is Batman starts yeah. out by saying fear is a tool and you know thinking he's fear. But the denouement of the movie is no. The gag Batman is that you're hope. <laughs> you you fucking yeah. idiot. You're actually there's some, hope. There's you some idiot. great shit. Yeah. And I saw people getting mad because they're like, they just made a Superman movie and put Batman in it. But like that kind of owns. Like even if that's true. Yeah. That's like, that's what a superhero should do. He should rescue yeah. people. Is that's I'm, what makes I'm, him good? There should be more superhero movies where I come out, and even if it is you know whatever like fascist America with triple K propaganda, I should feel better for seeing the movie yeah, you know you should you feel come inspired. out and even though even though he's walking wading through a, a you know a parade of cops or whatever it's like he's still carrying someone that's been hurt like he's still helping mm-hmm. people in like the very very raw uh, essence of that yeah he convinces and selena not to kill falcone you know exactly. they're very they're very significant moral decisions that batman makes in this movie that show he is what a hero should be you know in that in that classic cavalier and clay jewy sense of it you know i think that that's that's why this is the first franchise that could potentially pull off robin Mm, interesting i think i I, other people better smarter people than me have have put this forward but i think that they could do it i think i don't know how that they would do it but i think if, if any batman franchise is going to pull off a live action Robin in a convincing way. It's not going to be some CW show. It's not going to be some HBO Max show. It's going to be this Batman movie. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I think that could be have a little have a little acrobatic street rat. You know. Yeah. I, I guess who am I thinking of? I'm thinking of Tim Drake. That's the Tim Drake story. But Tim Drake would probably work better in this Batman than a than a Dick Grayson. I don't know. You could you could probably. I, I think it would de- it would depend honestly on. The direction they wanted to go to, where if they wanted to play up like the, you know, Robin is smarter at at than Batman, then they could do like a Tim Drake kind of guy. But if they if they just wanted to do like a a very simple like father and son story, they could do 
uh, Dick Grayson. What I love about this movie as well is how much Batman fucks up and loses. Yeah. Is, he's bad at his job. Yeah, he's not good at his job in this movie, but he's still, you know, better than uh, than these horrible, incompetent cops, which is why yeah. Gordon needs him. Um, yeah, when he... All of his failures are out of, like, trying too hard, which I think is, is very nice. Mm-hmm. Or he's like, he's just not quite there yet, you know, where he's like, all right, I'm going to get away and do this, have this perfect getaway, and then he eats shit. Mm-hmm. Or, uh, in a, I love, too, that they, they really know when to use CGI in this movie. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, and it's it's simply just to heighten up, like, to heighten sort of already painful scenes where, you know, you'll have you know, Batman falling into the water. And that's, that's CGI, but it looks good, mm-hmm. even though you can point out, you know, individual things about, you know, maybe not having the, the budget in all the places, but... In particular, I love the CGI that they use in the falling scene. Oh, yeah. Everyone, when he eats, when he eats shit onto the street. Yeah. Uh, in particular, because um, it's it's just it's it takes you out of the scene, but not it's not played for laughs. Like it's a very very funny scene, yeah. but he does <laughs> that shit looks like it hurts. Yeah, it's it's and then he he does literally the Peter Griffin <sighs> yeah. thing afterward <laughs> as he's walking off. But I love I love the the noises he makes when he's Batman. All the little like he he's a very uh, silent Batman in this movie, yeah, but not quiet. in a in a way that's sort of like oh you know Silent Avenger type thing. It's just that he doesn't know what to, he's kind of awkward. He doesn't really know what to say. Yeah. Um, he's constantly like grunting and groaning and you know being like all right time to time to fucking do a speedball real quick so I can beat the <laughs> shit out of these. Yeah, he does adrenaline and then really hurts a guy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which I, I love that he... That's like... That's the, the one time that he fucks up and it is is sort of his fault and it's not because he's trying. Yeah. It, it is because he's trying too hard, but it's also just because he's insane. Yes, he's a huge freak. Um, and this movie doesn't yeah. let you forget that you're watching a huge freak. And that everyone yeah. in this movie is like Gordon's a freak. Like they're all freaks for participating in it in this way because the city just I brings love, everyone down. I love when he's the 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 one scene when he's Bruce Wayne in public, or I guess the uh, one of two scenes where he's Bruce Wayne in public yeah. at the funeral for for the mayor, mm-hmm. and he just he looks disgusted. Like he's he's conventionally attractive, you know. He's dressed nicely, hair's all all groomed. Um, you know he's he's fit looking. He looks great, mm-hmm. but he looks like a freak. Like he's he's gaunt. Yeah. Um. Yeah. He's walking kind of weird. He has a very weird like stilted walk. Mm-hmm. Um. You know he's wearing like the fucking hangover sunglasses. Yeah. He's like people people are uh, commenting on you know he's neuro- neurodivergent Batman. You know. Yeah. <laughs> He he is kind of autistic with it. Yeah, but I think there is that. Uh, there, I think a lot of uh, autistic people do sort of end up uh, empathizing with Batman in a way because it's that nature yeah. of obsession and you know thinking in in this sort of uh, rational way in order in and not like a straight. I'm I'm digging a hole here. I don't. I'm not, <laughs> I was talking, just gonna let you dig. just talk about. Uh, I don't know anything about uh, autistic. No, you're, I mean. I mean, you're you're sort of on the money. I wouldn't. I I, I actually now I'm digging myself. Yeah, a hole. <laughs> yeah, but autistic people like comic books. I think if for the same oh, reason yeah. that uh, non-neurodivergent. I'm a little autistic. Yeah. I like comic sure, books. Sure, sure. Uh, I, I got a five-pound box of them. 
fucking on the way. See, that's what I like of the movie. And I think when it, the, when people say, oh, this movie feels like a comic book. This movie does feel like a comic book in the same way that the Raimi Spider-Men were able to. Yes. Or another example that I think fits this tone in a movie that is sort of getting a mild critical reappraisal is Alita Battle Angel. Did you see Alita Battle Angel? I have, I have not seen it. I've heard... Wildly differing thing. Either some people will be like, "This is dog shit. Don't watch." Or some people will be like, "This is amazing. It's it's an underrated gem." I have not seen it. I have also never read the source material because I wasn't really a manga guy mm-hmm. until about a year ago. I am but, in the underrated gem camp, and I think it's because it right. hits this very specific tonal thing that comics have, where it's the most histrionic shit you've ever seen. And very self-consciously <laughs> ridiculous history. I might have to put this on my list. Yeah, but it's played straight. It's played totally straight, and they never break kayfabe. And it creates this uh, not at all sort of strange tone where uh, yes. you're absorbing all of this incredibly goofy shit, but you're in the fantasy with it. So it's like you're you're laughing, but you're also still very invested in the seriousness of the situation. And this is a very funny movie too. Like I, I think intentionally. It is so, hilarious. Yeah, there, there are a lot of I, great I mean, beats in it. Yeah. All of the interactions with Batman and Gordon are riotously funny. Yeah. Like when they're when they're going into the orphanage and he like draws his gun and Batman starts freaking the fuck like no guns <laughs> like and then he's like that's your that's your thing man. yeah fuck <laughs> you man I don't roll like you do <laughs> I don't I don't know like nine different kinds of kung fu or. Uh, and this might be my favorite comedic scene in the whole movie. Uh, actually, this is this is probably tied with Penguin calling them world's greatest detective. Yeah. So it's a funny little little nod. Like the nods in this make sense. They're not like it's not someone being like, "Damn, I guess we really are in an infinity war or some shit." Yeah. You know, it's it's using the 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 terminology of the comic books in way that the ways that they would use. Mm-hmm. Um, but the scene that I wanted to talk about was um when catwoman shines the bat signal and uh batman and gordon both pull up and he's like man wasn't that you and they're like, no man i thought that was you and it's like they have just such a, a great rapport mm-hmm. in that few second exchange <laughs> yeah. that really gets to the heart of why this movie owns this is for a lot of this movie it's a buddy cop movie between gordon and batman yeah. which uh which is very and jeffrey Wright, you know that that guy owns a gold mine but he's a great actor yeah great actor. <laughs> he he might have accidentally in, in scare quotes accidentally <laughs> contributed to a lot of slavery of, of africans yeah. uh in in i think uh, Botswana, I want to say. I, I don't know where his mind is, but it's bad. He shouldn't have it. Yeah, but he shouldn't have it. One of the great. But he actors. sells the shit out of it. Incredibly yeah. great. He actor. might be my. He might be my favorite Gordon. Now that being said, Barbara Gordon has to be a white girl. I don't know how they do it. <laughs> It's she's 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 light mixed. She's you know, adopted. She's, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. They got to make her the most light skinned. <laughs> I know that they're doing a back a Batgirl movie with a black girl. I that, that's not set in the the same timeline. Mm. If they're doing Barbara Gordon, it has to be redhead. Yeah, I see, I see. Or Irish. they can just do that just weird all, thing where the they boat. make all the redheaded characters black for some reason. I don't know why they do that. I was recently. I'm a recent convert into that's weird, and I don't really know why. <laughs> yeah, it's there's something uh. strange about it because it's. I guess it's because like. 
there's this weird f- uh, free association. Oh, redheads, they're like a minority of white people. So yeah. <laughs> I think I think that that's it. I've had uh, that's the most convincing because I'll see people be like it's a conspiracy to re- you know great replacement or whatever, and it's like okay, but like why redheads though? Like it makes no no sense yeah. that it's specifically red. It's like oh well, you know uh, redheads are like the symbol of of white people because there's no black redheads, and it's like okay, but still like I don't think the Joe Blow Hollywood producer knows that. Also. I can think of at least, you know, I Mary J. Blige had red hair for a while. Like, you don't have yeah. to. Have, why does it have to be, like, natural red hair? You can have, like. Exactly. Like, so, no, uh, and I, I honestly, the dye works better on film. Like, don't get me wrong. Redheads are, natural redheads are very pretty. But I think to get that comic book red, yeah. you almost have to do a dye. Yeah. Uh, um, yeah. Oh, yeah. I guess Zendaya. It was in Sierra Leone. Like, Zend- Zendaya was Mary Jane as well. Huh. It, it yeah. keeps happening. Uh, Starfire on the <laughs> it's weird. show. Yeah. That one, that one sort of makes sense to me. That's the only one that I don't buy because I guess she's very dark skinned. Yeah, in, yeah, that's uh, in the comics. It, um, that is true. Uh, but they should have, they should have given her. I don't think they gave her a die, did they? I, I have never um, seen the Teen I Titans show. I have to say, the first time I knew, I instantly fell in love with this movie as soon as the first something in the way needle drop happened. He <laughs> looks at so the kid good. and it just starts going. I jumped out of my seat and went, "Yeah." Yeah, this is my move. This is my this movie shit. loves being dumb. <laughs> yeah. Oh, it loves being dumb so much, but like hit you over the head dumb in the way that comic books are, and what I love about yeah. comic books. Yeah. And one another beautiful thing that they add that they sort of steal from comic books is that there's almost no shots that look phoned in in this. Like if you look at yeah. a Marvel movie, there's like there's a few shots in particular, usually like CGI or establishment shots. Uh, where you can be like, okay, the director was on set that day. Mm-hmm. You know, he wasn't maybe at the camera, but he was at least in the vicinity and was like, okay, here's how you block a shot. You know, here's how you focus. Uh, you know, here's how you set a stage and do lighting. It, and th- this movie never has a scene that feels like, okay, the director was called in sick to work that day. There's never, there's never really a scene that looks bad. Like all, all of the lighting is incredibly consistent. Yeah. All of the the atmosphere is incredibly consistent. The sets are fantastic. Yeah, <laughs> and There's, yeah, it's so dense. That's the, the and not like dense in the Marvel movies are dense where you can't tell what's going on. It's dense in that you're always like noticing cool shit in the frame that that they've hidden. You know, it's it's oh yeah. It, or it's like that quality of Marvel movies where the action is totally weightless. Um, I think a very Never. funny movie to compare this to is did you did you see Black Widow? I did. Um, Terrible. I awful. don't remember anything about it. I I remember <laughs> I saw, that it I saw started, that whole movie. It had a bad cover of Smells Like Teen Spirit at the beginning. It did. And That's I do remember that part. Uh, set to a human trafficking montage. Yes, that set to like a very lazy uh, sub BBC films, you know, a human trafficking montage and. Um, yeah. It's fine. Yeah, the the fucking editing when that montage was terrible. It does like the that like you know quick blur shit that mm-hmm. so many like it looked like a fan cam. Yeah. Honestly, <laughs> yeah, yeah, um, yeah. And Marvel movies just there's no because it's all previs and it's a lot of like everything is green screen. Um, there's uh-huh. just no heft to anything. It doesn't feel. No. 
it doesn't feel real and your suspension of disbelief is not uh, effectively triggered as a result of it um in in my mind you know in the last and the like the big denouement scene of fucking uh black widow is they're literally fighting uh-huh. in the air completely oh, weightless yeah. <laughs> and yeah they're they're falling and then they just land yeah. fine, like which is like if that was if that was a, a comic book movie about like that, that if that was a superman movie and it was superman fighting in the air that would be sick you know mm-hmm. we don't really get a lot of like superman fly well a lot of times you know he just punches someone into the sky mm-hmm. you know we got that a little bit with man of steel but um yeah it's just like why is black widow in the air what was the what is the importance of this scene mm-hmm. they but it's you gotta have a big scene and it was at a flying exactly. there's, there's a flying castle in the comic books another feature of black widow which i thought was funny is they snuck in tarkovsky references in the movie because it's russian oh, they? and tarkovsky yeah they have a scene where it's very explicitly it's the it's the room from solaris in the flying castle which is oh this is, i have not seen solaris yet uh it's this is just extremely funny to me because, like, there's a rule in movies where you don't remind people of a better movie in your movie. Yeah. And this is, like, reminding people of the greatest movies of all time, <laughs> which is, like, in your fucking Black Widow movie. What what balls you must have. Uh, I know. Yeah, that's that's insane. Damn, I gotta watch Solaris. I have, I've had it downloaded for a while now. It's, it's incredible. It's, uh, it's a really beautiful movie. Really makes you think about it. It looks stuff. sick. I've also heard decent things about the remake. I've heard very, very wildly um, sort of disagreeing things, but I have heard a couple people who've said, that, like, no, this isn't the worst remake ever made. I have not seen it. I like Soderbergh. I have no reason to doubt that yeah. Soderbergh would make a, a. I like George Clooney. Yeah. Not not as Batman. Well, I don't know. Not as Batman. Uh, Batman he, and his, Robin. his Bruce Wayne was okay. His, his, I liked his Bruce Wayne more than I liked his Batman. Yes, he's a better um, Bruce Wayne. Uh, but him, his Batman is just him being Clooney. He's he's just still Clooney yeah. as Batman. Hi, I'm Batman. It's nice to meet you. Uh, here's my Bat credit card. They have, to, they have that in the movie. Yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, the Schumachers are pretty great in their in their own way, in their own weird. I have I way. have not seen them since I was like probably like fourteen years old. Um, I liked them when I was 14. Yeah. Um, uh, I think they're, I mean, they they look weird and there's like a lot of memorable imagery from them that I, that I, uh, think is great. And, you know, beyond just appreciating them ironically for their badness. But honestly, I love saying, no, it killed the dinosaurs, the ice age. (laughs) (laughs) I hope that we eventually get a Mr. Freeze. That would be cool if we got another Mr. Freeze. If we got like a Mr. Freeze that hewed like really closely to the animated series, Mr. Freeze, and like does that story. That's another. So this would be a good way to like segue into. I want to talk about the animated series as well, because in my mind, that is the canonical. That is the canonical Batman uh, piece of art. Uh, other than the comics, yeah. other than other than say like the Neil Adams like Rachel Ghoul comics, yeah. it's like, it's the best adaptation of the Batman of Batman <laughs> as a whole. Yeah, because it also like encompasses a lot of what Batman can be, like how there are some lighter episodes and there are how there are some much heavier episodes as well. And because it's it's just given that more room to breathe because it's a TV series as well. And also, I think comics just naturally tend to translate better in animated series. Yeah, you can you can bend the rules of filmmaking more in animation than you can with 
with filmmaking. Mm-hmm. You can't really like if you if you distort reality to a certain extent in films. I think that's why the MCU has sort of like petered out in terms of like weird shit that they can do, mm-hmm. with the exception of the Doctor Strange film, which I guess will be their weirdest movie yet. Who know, who knows? I guess even in their weird shit that's the weird problem about the normalizing factor of Marvel movies is even their weird shit gets normalized. Yeah. It's it it it, it never really looks as interesting as something that was that was drawn. Mm-hmm. Um and I think that's because there's no there's no sort of distinction between reality and and fiction mm-hmm. in in animation. Mm-hmm. That's absolutely true. If you were to uh, give me give me like a just a top three doesn't actually have to be your top three, but just three episodes okay. that come to mind of, of the animated series. Um, the okay, a first one off the top of my head. I might have talked about this before on Twitter, but over the edge, over the, the edge, which introduce it introduces the redesign for Scarecrow. That uh, the only redesign that I like much the, better than the uh, previous design. Yes, and that episode, I think I saw it when I was probably like nine years old. And at the time, I had a massive, massive crush on Barbara Gordon Batgirl. And the the show just opens with her getting the shit beaten out of her and then thrown off a cliff or a a rooftop to her death. And it scared the shit out of me until they, they of course, do the, like, oh, it was all a dream. uh." Mm -hmm. But it's still a very fantastic episode. Um, A lot of great tension in it. Um, And then I think... So I'm going to have to go with the first part of Over the... Because it's a two-parter. Mm-hmm. Second part kind of sucks. Mm-hmm. Uh, first part is great. Yeah, yeah. Uh, when they don't... Until they reveal it's a dream, and then it's like, oh, it's kind of sucks. Yeah. Um, if I had... Then I think I'm going to have to go with, for now, number two, probably... Uh, and I'm gonna I'm I'm gonna cheat a little, and it's gonna be two episodes, but it's a two parter. Yeah. It's the introduction of Two Face. Ah, uh, yeah, that's a that's a beautiful episode. It's best. Oh my god, it's it's so so fucking. Fa- it's probably the best of the like that season one when they hadn't quite nailed down the art style yet. Yeah. But in that one, they had really they really knocked it out of the park with that one. Also, they had like three. We different... haven't gotten a good Two Face. Not yeah, I I guess like I like the Tommy Lee Jones. It's funny that he might actually yeah. be the best Two Face on film. <laughs> yeah, which is no, I would have to agree with yeah, you. Yeah, because Aaron Eckhart. Uh, is, although man, man, if we got that Billy D. Williams Two Face, oh, that was that would have been the dream. That would have been a, that would have been amazing because he's such a great character. Because no, yeah, and he's so charismatic, and I would love to see him play like a, just a piece of shit. It's funny that like like the Joker is seen as the ultimate mirror for Batman because like all of Batman's villains are mirrors yeah. of him. Or I always found it like prescient, especially in the animated series, just how many of his villains' uh, origin stories start with industrial accidents. A lot, yeah, yeah, um, or or just getting fucked over by a company. Yeah, I think Mr. Freeze, Riddler, yeah. yeah. Poison Ivy, to an extent, you know, is... Uh, although they don't reveal her... I think they say she was just born with her powers in the uh, show. But Clayface, uh, fucking Clayface Joker, is uh, they don't go into um, it in the series. But uh, Two-Face is fucked over by industrialists. Wow, they never did the, the Joker origin in this? They do it in Phantasm. They sort of allude to the fact that he was just a low-level mobster. But they don't actually show I gotta him. I'm going to rewatch that. Yeah. They don't show him getting... It's, it's been a hot minute. Oh, Phantasm? That's... Is great. Yeah, that's that's uncontro. A lot of people will uncontroversially call that the greatest Batman film, and I'd have to agree. 
the school. You know, if I could rem- if I could remember it, I watched it when I was like 15 as well. I would probably agree with it. I remember the few bits and pieces being like sick as fuck. It's got Abe Vigoda. Um, yeah. Uh, the sequence when like there's like a car that goes through a window, I think. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, something like that. That, that was hardest for that stuck with me as a child. Uh, yeah, I remember the sequence where Joker's fighting uh, Batman with a giant salami, and that was that, that stuck in my head. <laughs> that kind of oh yeah, that. But see, that's what I like about it. It's this goofy shit that you take seriously because that yeah. is the, that is the tension present when when you're taking in this media. Um, so uh, we got over the edge. We got uh, over the, the, edge, two we got the two face introduction. Yeah. Uh, what's a what's a third episode? Um, oh geez, third episode. This is gonna be tough. I'm gonna look up. You gotta look up it. Batman the Animated Series episodes because it's been. I like the Hardak episodes. I liked. Uh, Those are great. Fucking. Uh, I don't. I love how Twilight Zone they get. Yes. Um, I really like to to be. I'll get on my top three list, but uh, I really like how much body horror there. Is. Like I'm a big body horror. Guy. Oh, there's so much, especially with the Clayface episode. Yeah, Clayface and one one fucking. I'll, I'll start. Well, you're looking up your third episode. I'll say like yeah, go ahead. What, my my first Batman episode and like the one that like got me hooked on Batman is Home and Garden, the one where Poison Ivy it seems like she's reformed. And then Batman goes into oh, her greenhouse. And I had that one on VHS when I was a yeah, kid. I watched the shit out of that one. That shit fucking scares the living bejesus out of me when I was a kid. Oh my god. When the kids start like getting all fucked up. Oh, oh yeah. Man. And they start turning into those weird cactus guys. Yeah, that's like... Uh, and uh, the faces of horror on Robin and Batman. Like, these guys have seen oh, some god. shit. And even they're like fucking traumatized by this. Oh, and when they start melting from the herbicide. That... Oh my god. That shit fucking rules my shit oh and how it like it gives this great ending to poison ivy as well because like the Mm -hmm. final shot of her is on the plane leaving the family that she wanted and she's like crying because uh, it gets to the heart of she does want to be normal but she can't and and it's such a like a fucking great character beat i love it i love it so much um I'm gonna go hard hard mode. Uh, I'm so I'm going to not include uh, sort of the the very obvious picks like Harley's introduction or yeah. Robin's uh, reckoning. Almost got almost him. Got Robin's him. reckoning. POV. Or... I'm gonna pick the um, yeah POV. Yeah. I'm gonna pick Day of the Samurai. That one goes hard as oh, shit. Oh, that's an interesting. What Kyodai Ken? Yeah. I love that death touch. I, I remember I was like, I saw that show when I was like in second grade, and me and my friends just kept trying to do it to each other. <laughs> we just kept trying to do the death touch, like the, <laughs> the one inch punch. You weren't afraid that and you would like, end up killing each other. No, we were like, we we're like, dude, it's gonna, it's gonna take a little bit, but you're gonna die. Like, it's, you're gonna die after class. Mm-hmm. Um, one episode that I really love and that often gets ranked among the worst episodes of the series, but I think is actually okay. like totally brilliant is the forgotten. Do you, you, uh, you remember the forgotten episode? I don't. It is the one where Batman gets amnesia and ends up on a chain gang. Oh yeah. That one's a, pr- I had that one on, on a little VHS bundle as well. Uh, that one was pretty good. Yeah, that one, I really like that one because there's this one sequence in it, which I think gets to the root of something else that I also wanted to talk about, which is disingenuous liberal critiques of Batman. But um, there's this one sequence where it shows Batman having a dream and he's Bruce Wayne 
and a homeless guy comes up to him and he happily gives him money and then another and he gives him money and then more and more and more and he's overwhelmed and he feels overwhelmed by that and i think thought that's that's great that's sort of like yeah he's he's just over he can't help people in this traditional way he feels overwhelmed by it which is why he resorts to like violence you know as it's a great that's a great insight into you know and a thing something that people often say like a liberal critique of batman is um batman batman shouldn't beat people up he should donate to charities and he should yeah. he should set up charities and they sort of reinforce that dream as well and i think it's a mad hatter episode where his parents are still alive mm mm-hmm. uh and i think in that dream sequence he ends up becoming a doctor like his father mm mm-hmm. So just further, like, it just further reinforces that, like, yeah, Batman's a good guy. Mm-hmm. He has this, uh, he has this d- desire to help people, even though his own psyche tells him it's impossible for mm-hmm. him to do it. I mean, that is the that is the eternal curse of the protagonist, right? You are a small light in this omnipresent, overwhelming darkness, which is referenced in the Batman movie. I also love another aspect of the Batman movie that I just going back to it is is how the entire plot hinges on this corrupt charity. <laughs> I thought that was very interesting about, you know, yes, the hiding. That's the only the only woke or I guess in scare quotes woke shit they get into in this movie is the just the Gotham sucks. Mm-hmm. Like even the charities are evil in Gotham. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Okay, so here's an interesting thing is this movie structurally is very similar to Dark Knight. I think uh, that's where yes. it sort of bears its most resemblance, where it's a escalating set pieces, essentially, of this one crazy guy. I agree. Um, through like three major escalating set pieces, and that's what sort of punctuates the movie. Um, but um, it also borrows a lot from the recent Joker movie in the fact that it's about uh, it does, a public yes. uprising, and it's uh, it sort of recontextualizes Batman. And I think you have to do this because everybody knows, okay, Batman is a cop and George Floyd happened. And, uh, there's now more popularity, more popular sentiment against cops than there ever have been before, mm-hmm. which is good. Yeah. But, uh, like, fuck, don't get me wrong. Fuck cops, <laughs> but also I love Batman. Yeah. But it's <laughs> a fantasy too. That's the other thing is that Gotham city is literally evil. Like it is, it, it it's, yeah. this is a fantasy where Batman is necessary. This isn't the real world. This is a world where there is this supernatural force of industrial chaos that looms over this cursed city. And, uh, Batman has, uh, Batman is its protector mm-hmm. essentially. And I, I yeah, but it, it's, 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 it's fiction. Like I, I will, I will be against the police as an institution for my entire the rest of my oh, life, yeah. but I will also be a diehard Batman fan for the rest of my life. And until I got on Twitter, I never saw any problem with that. <laughs> well, I also think that this movie does go out of its way to tell you that the cops are flawed and they suck. Yeah, and I think it it very much is is sort of understanding of oh, Batman is a cop, so we have to sort of. We have to sort of smoothen this out in some way, or we have to show that mm-hmm. he's not really a cop, or he's hated by the cops, yeah. or he's like somewhat the, different because he's not really representing state authority in that way. The political uh, outcry to this movie, in terms of both its subject matter and also the fact that Catwoman said 
white privilege for <laughs> she said that once in ten, yeah she said that for one line in this three and a half hour movie uh but uh in in particular the first um the first critique which is that it is a essentially like it is trying to whitewash claims that the police are inherently evil it's like one I don't. I, to a certain extent, I don't care. Like, <laughs> yeah, who cares? It's, 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 a, yeah. it's a movie. That it, like this. It's a movie. This is yeah. not copaganda but, in the same way that like Law and Order is copaganda. This is exactly it's too no. inherently weird and fictional for people to take that from. Yeah. But if I have to, if I have to interface with this question on sort of equal footing, I will say um, that. This is probably the most woke Batman story you could ever get. Like, cops are almost unambiguously portrayed as evil. Um, There's maybe two of them that aren't just assumed from the from the jump to be on the take and uh, you know protecting these horrible people. Also, um, we get more or less like an in uh, uh, and a condemnation of. sort of liberal and in particular almost the sort of bipartisan neoliberal response to hurricane katrina yeah yeah in a sense uh where you have this city that's recovered from this huge disaster that is essentially being looted by the government and by criminals and by you know law enforcement and it's being kept bad on purpose to enrich the people of um that were more or less the cause of this decay in the first place. Mm-hmm. It, is, it is a perpetual cycle of of abuse, basically. And this isn't me saying like, "Oh, this is the secret Marxism." <laughs> this at the is core the of Batman, secret Marxism but, of the Batman. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, we're here. On but it. <laughs> like to a certain uh, to a certain extent, I I I think that this is in line with a somewhat progressive view that like hey institutions are bad more often than they're not like Mm -hmm. most of the problem most of the hindrance to batman as a force of change even if yes he's a rich person yes he's um you know evil white guy or whatever Mm -hmm. more more, he is more or less an outsider to the system of gotham itself yeah um and you know and when it's revealed that he's not he feels bad about it. Yeah. And he does the work. <laughs> yeah. Well, in this sense, it's sort of in the way that like a lot of privileged white guys manage to get outside of themselves is because something awful happens to them. Like they get disabled yeah. or like they lose something or they encounter serious poverty through uh, through some random happenstance. And that's what sort of turns them on to like. Uh, to learning about uh, perspectives outside of their own, and this sort of this exactly. movie is Batman doing that. Uh, like I made a joke on Twitter about how oh this this movie is about how Batman needs to sit his badass down and listen to black women. Yeah, uh, and, and I think that that yeah. they do an excellent job of using Catwoman as the I mean as the black woman basically. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. She's she's the person who's been essentially victimized, even though she has a tangential connection to wealth and to crime. She has essentially been victimized and from birth forced back into a cycle that she doesn't even want to be in mm-hmm. in the first place. And I think that this is like the most progressive superhero movie you're ever going to get. You're not going to get like, you know, Superman saying all cops are bastards or yeah. whatever and then. 
you know, destroying the state of Israel or whatever. But <laughs> uh, like you're you're not you're not gonna get a scene of Superman versus the Iron Dome. Like you you might get a cute animated movie <laughs> of like da-da, Superman fighting da-da, Trump supporters. Da-da, but in terms of stuff that people will actually see, you're, this is like the most progressive thing that you could get, yeah. and it's also it doesn't suck. Like it, it's not an it, it doesn't feel like a chore to watch. Yeah, it's not it's hitting fun. you over the head with its morals. It's like exactly it, the point of Batman has always been that Gotham City sucks, and why does it suck? Because it's controlled by yeah. terrible people. Um, and and then to a certain extent, like and I I love. I was a little bit worried when they started to go into like Thomas Wayne was corrupt too territory because that can that can go off the rails very yeah, quickly. Yeah. You can fuck that up bad. Um, but they then immediately be like, "Well, we don't really know to a certain extent if it was even the mob that got him shot. Yeah. Like it could have literally just been someone who was out on, you know, saw a rich guy and was like, "All right, I'm gonna get mine." I think that's that's perfect. That's what you have to do. It's like, yes, there are these connections, but then also there's this element of chaos, mm-hmm. like, and this omnipresent uh, sort of negative force that inhabits this city and makes people do terrible things, even if it doesn't necessarily financially interest them. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, one one thing I have to say, some uh, someone we haven't mentioned yet, is the wonderful John Turturro. Giving a wonderful no, performance as Carmine just eats this yes, role. I love, I love when he's playing pool and like even the pool table has fucking like gothic spires <laughs> on it and the lights yeah. have gothic spires on it and it's like that rocks. Yeah. Um, and uh, even in that pool scene, he's talking about I think the line he says before Batman comes in is Ah, this all used to be better, you know, and yeah. talking about this. Uh, industrial decay that has occurred over the course of this time and this decay yeah, that keeps happening yeah it's even gotten worse for the criminal like uh, i mean the the whole point of the whole big reveal that like the criminals have been in bed with the government and i love that it's like it's not even out of like n- like ease of use it's out of more of out of necessity because it's like okay we want we don't want to go to jail mm-hmm. you're gonna take us to jail let's just buy you you know mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, there's there's a real there's a real there's, talk about the secret Marxism of Batman. There's a real material exactly. analysis to to this uh, to why stuff uh, happens in Gotham. You know, even the fact that like the big scene where stuff takes uh, takes place at is a club. You know, feels more uh, thoughtful about you know where would where would bad guys hang out. You know, if we're doing, mm-hmm. I've never I, has there been like. What's the last club scene that's been in a Batman movie? Like the the Schumacher? Uh, probably the Dark Knight. I think there was one briefly in the Dark. It's not really a club scene. It's just like there's an establishing shot of Maroni in a club, and then he goes outside and gets his shit beaten yeah. in by Batman. Also, I just love when Batman fights mobsters, and this movie is all about him fighting mobsters. I love it. I love it when yeah. he's just fighting regular guys. I think that's sort of where he. Sh- it's you know, it's a shame that we get hung up on his rogues gallery. Because some of his best mm-hmm. best people are just regular dudes like Rupert Thorne yeah. or fucking. I'm I'm glad that they they split the time equally. Where it's like, okay, you got the Riddler, but then you also got like you know all these shitheads that are just you know regular guys yeah. that are a bit. They're still a bit weird because they live in Gotham, but they're not weird. Weird, like they're not putting on a costume. Uh, what did you think of uh, Paul Dano as the Riddler? 
I liked him. I, I understand the complaints that, like, oh, he's not a very, like, accurate to the comics uh, Riddler in terms of his look and his dress. I see you, and I hear you, mm-hmm. and you're valid. <laughs> I've been <laughs> I've been on that fight, but also, like, he's pretty good. He's, I can't complain. Like, Riddler, you know, I, can't, I can't complain. He has a lot of variation in his depiction, though, because I remember, like, uh, yeah. just the incredible difference in depiction between, say, Batman the Animated Series and then later The Batman. Of course, they fucked with everyone's designs, and you got Dreadlock Joker from that one. I love Dreadlock, Dreadlock Joker. Joker rules, man! It's Kevin Michael Richardson, too. Fucking, uh, that yeah. guy is fucking awesome. Uh, but, uh, yeah, Riddler doesn't have as much of a strong archetype as other Batman villains, so you can do a lot more with him. Uh, you can you yeah. can put your own mark on him. Like, nobody's, nobody's favorite Batman villain is Riddler, you know? Maybe Gorshin. I I do I do actually have a mutual whose favorite Batman villain is the Riddler. Interesting. He has a Riddler Avi. Interesting. He's a Riddler How, and and you know what? I respect the hell out of that. I think that that's sick. Uh, I also really like the movie, and I'm not gonna like lose any sleep over mm-hmm. a bad Riddler or a ne- not not even a bad like a, a comics inaccurate uh, Riddler uh, bad Riddler. <laughs> You know what? I mean, this movie, if it bears a debt in, in terms of stylistically, it seems obvious that it's going for a David Fincher thing, seems, uh, like a, oh, a yeah. Seven thing, very, very indebted to Seven with all the... Yes, uh, my, my co-workers loved pointing that one out. <laughs> they were like, <laughs> yo, it's like Seven, and I'm like, I know. Yeah, there's a serial killer yeah. in this one as well. Yeah. Uh and the Riddler is sort of like uh, it occupies the same space as Joker did in the Joker movie, where he's this uh, grassroots revolutionary, uh, or the the Reply Guy Gone Wrong, as many people are calling him. Uh, oh yeah, I love that he's a Twitter guy. <laughs> yeah, he's got five hundred followers. A lot of them freaks. He was able to convince a bunch of guys to do sniper work for him, so he's got something going. I on. could. I don't think I could get it. Like I, I have nine point. Nine thousand yeah. followers, yeah, yeah. and I don't think I could get maybe ten people to show up. Yeah, I I don't think I could get them to shoot anybody. Like I could get maybe. Yeah, I could I could maybe get five people to do it to to assassinate someone for me, and <laughs> I don't think many of them would be people who. Like, it, it wouldn't be president or mayor tier. It would be like, all right, we're going to go, you know, kill this guy and dump his body in the woods. <laughs> um. Yeah, fucking. Uh, it, I like how you have just uh, normies starting to sympathize with the Riddler in the scene where he, uh, in the scene where ba- uh, Bruce Wayne is in the at the funeral, <laughs> and he hears the guy, yeah. oh, these rich bastards, and Bruce Wayne has to briefly consider: Am I the problem? Am I the privilege? Am I the privilege boy? I love as well the little autism freakout that he has in the <laughs> asylum. That was. I was like, damn, he's just like me. <laughs> he needs stimming. He needs to stim quickly. Uh, that's what Batman is. It's just it's how he stims. <laughs> oh, hell yeah. Uh, damn, I'm looking at... I guess the, the Wachowski sisters are doing an auction. If you've ever wanted to... It'll probably be over by the time this podcast comes out. 
But if you ever wanted to own a prop from the Matrix, uh, I want to own a prop from hit them Jupiter Ascending, which is they have a shitload of props from Jupiter Ascending. <laughs> I want to own one of, and the they're rocket actually boots. The, on the cheaper side. Uh, I wonder they, what the rocket boots are only six hundred bucks. Whoa, what really? Uh, no, I can't. Yeah, get that. the thing that I want, if I. I, I rarely purchase stuff like that, but if I'm going to get any weird expensive thing, I'm going to get the Lucifer Rising jacket, which costs costs a lot of money. Oh, that's sick. But I've always wanted I, I know which one. The Kenneth Anger. Yeah. yeah. And it has a rainbow that's Lucifer uh, stitched onto the back, and it's super cool. It's the, it's the drive jacket for especially gay people. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's the drive jacket for people who were 25 when... When Drive came <laughs> yeah, out. Yeah, I'm too old for this movie. It's uh, uh, Wow, they're selling awards. This is wild. I, I, are they like hard up for cash or some shit? What? I think they're donating it to a lot of uh, trans charities oh, because it's... Uh, okay, yeah. They, they just, they're just doing spring cleaning, I yeah. guess, is what they called it. Yeah. That's sick, though, because they're giving up like awards and you can buy their her Saturn awards. <laughs> I need to see Matrix uh, Matrix uh, Resurrections. I liked it. I've heard only good things. Yeah, it's it's sick. Well, not only um, good things, but from the people I trust, I've heard I hear only good things. <laughs> uh, my partner did not like it, but I I really really enjoyed it. Um, I actually went wow, back. Yeah, no, this is some cheap as shit. Jupiter Ascending. <laughs> I, I, I went shit, back and get... saw Reloaded and Revolutions, and it was so weird. I like Reloaded. I like both of them actually. If you watch them yeah. back to back, Revolutions makes so much more sense. It does. Yeah. That's you're you're right. I I definitely appreciated it more doing them all at once. Um, I I might actually like Reloaded over the original. It, interesting, because of just like the better set yeah. pieces, or because it goes to like a weird. Yeah, I, I love place. I love the highway oh, yeah. highway scene and the chateau fight. That, yeah, I'm gonna post. Uh, there's a great fucking highway scene in this in the, the Batman movie, uh, which is it looks like they. There is a, a fantastic highway. I I saw a guy, uh, a certain podcaster who I will not mention, <laughs> um, was. Get, like, uh, it's stupid that the Batmobile would be able to, would, like, get outrun by a regular penguin car or whatever. Yeah. And I'm like, I don't care. I don't care. <laughs> that's what, I don't un- that's yeah. the problem. He causes, he probably caused a lot of deaths during that. Yeah. That's your it's problem like, with it's it? It's also, like, I think on a, on a straight dirt track or whatever, the Batmobile is probably washing most cars. But, like, there were explosions. There were turns and shit that he's got to do. Yeah. Like... Uh, you know how hard it probably is to turn and you got like a jet engine? <laughs> it also looks like there was just, they didn't use a ton of CGI for that. That looks like a, a ton no, of practical it looked effects. Real. Yeah. I don't know if it was or uh, not. Yeah. But, uh, and I could, I'm, I, I could like tell when there were like most, mostly, like the, the two that stood out to me were of course the skydiving fail scene mm-hmm. and then when he cuts the wire. Yeah. But that was, I mean, I didn't, like, people said that, oh, this ruins the movie for, I didn't notice, I didn't notice anything. It seemed pretty seamless and tasteful the way that they were using CGI, so, I don't know, I, I thought (laughs) it worked. I would love to buy the gravity boots from Jupiter Ascending and then just wear them as, like, normal shoes. (laughs) Uh, yeah. Just, like, and then see if anyone noticed it, because it's like a... I would be very surprised if someone came up to me and were like, are you wearing the rocket boots from Jupiter Ascending? <laughs> yeah, man. Yeah, man. <laughs> you should, uh, I've you seen that movie twice. Get the dog ears. Get the little dog ear prosthetics. They, they're selling the dog ears, too. 
Yeah, actually, actually, they're yeah they're selling the dog ears. They're selling the boots. They're selling like every single prop gun from the movie. Uh, there are some great fucking sick. guns in those movies. I gotta say, yeah, I I love. They're selling the lightning gun from the Matrix, which is like an instant cop. Oh my god! Oh my god! Okay. I can't buy memorabilia. I need more income. No, I can't either. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I think I I haven't been tracking how long we talked, but I think we've been talking for a pretty long time. In yeah, about an hour, yeah, 20, about an hour yeah. twenty. About it. I think this would be this would be a good place to end because we've just been talking yeah. effusively about how much we love this movie. Uh, it was great. Yeah, it was great. Everybody, yeah. it's on HBO Max in Canada. It's on our Crave. So catch it on Crave. And, yes, uh, it's, yeah. it's on HBO Max in the States. Uh, it's on torrent sites everywhere. 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 Uh, and very good quality, too. You can get the 4K, which is always great. I love that HBO Max has two things. 4K for most of their their, their uh, theatrical releases and very loose security. <laughs> uh, it's it's uh, experiencing a lot of growth. It's the one to beat Netflix. It's going to be head honcho I soon think, enough. Yeah. Yeah. It's the only one that I actually like ever go to and like pick through the stuff because there's a lot of great little sub channels in there i mean you got turner classic movies mm. criterion mm-hmm. um the dc stuff that most of it's bad but i mean there's good stuff hey in there did too. you see have you seen doom patrol yet i have i watched it with my mom actually when i <laughs> lived with my parents she really liked it um i'm gonna have to i, I got about most of the way done through season one. I'm a huge Grant Morrison fan, and I loved that it was like, whoa, there's a TV show that feels like reading a Grant Morrison comic. Yes. Absolutely. Um, My only gripe with it is, I mean, it suffers from the same thing as all those CWE uh, type DC shows Mm -hmm. where they just extend out the dialogue for a really long time to, because they need to save money. But uh, it's also the only the only one of those shows that I've seen that looks that like actually looks good and has like it looks like they use the budget well for that. Like you watch like the Flash or even like the Titan show and it's like this looks like ass. You shot this in in, you shot this in downtown Toronto next to a Drake (laughs) music video. Oh, my God. It's funny. They're all shot here. It's so funny. Yeah, I, I, I didn't. Yeah. Either that or Vancouver. Toronto or Vancouver. Yeah, these perfectly gray, generic cities. Because uh, that's yeah. what superheroes are. But not Gotham in this Batman. It's a very characterful city. No, Gotham city. looks sick. Yeah. So watch the Batman. Cole, thank you yeah. for coming on. I, I really appreciate it. I had a lot of fun. Uh, did, I'm glad we got it. We got this in. Yeah. Do your plugs. If you have any plugs, do your plugs oh, yeah. right here. Um, I don't really have anything yet. Uh, I might have a podcast coming out this summer, uh, Details TBD. Um, I've done a lot of guest appearances on those good old-fashioned values. Uh, be sure to check them out. I think they are they might all be locked behind premium, mm. unfortunately, but... They really, uh, you should you, get premium wanted, for that yeah. show, because it's a very good show. Yeah, it's like, it's like three bucks or yeah, something yeah. for the, yeah, for the default tier that just gets you the episodes. Um... Yeah, and then I guess if you just if you want to hear someone get really passionately mad about Batman comics at way too late an hour, uh, feel free to check me out uh, at Twitter at Java underscore Jigga. All right. Well, the Batman uh, celebration, Gotham, House of Decline. We love you. Goodbye. Yeah. <laughs>
Goodbye. Thank you.